welcome to the second episode of On an Unrelated Note. We have failed and not recorded in in a while since our last one, so hopefully that's fixed. I am Chris, and alongside me is Daniel. How are you, sir? I am quite well, and um, actually, I'm not the one that's alongside you. Our special guest is alongside you. <laughs> this is true. I, I, I am holding the baby currently feeding him, so uh, that's um, the, uh, the glamorous world of uh, this podcast currently. <laughs> that's right. That's, uh, you, you don't know the, the true fame and stardom of being a podcaster until you've met us <laughs> just feeding a baby you know i uh, actually speaking of, of feeding the baby it uh, it's currently uh, spooky season and since i stay up late at night i've watched a lot of horror movies and all i've learned is there are some really bad movies out there yeah it seems uh intentional sometimes and not sometimes and sometimes you just can't tell whether it is or not <laughs> this is true i i watched uh, two days ago i watched the stephen king adaptation of in the tall grass and the movie should have stayed in the tall grass that's all i know <laughs> like it was just like watching the same scene over and over and i don't even know how it ends because i turned it off i've must admit um despite being a stephen king fan that i don't know that one it's one of his short stories and that was the problem you could tell it was a short story that they just tried and tried to stretch out into like an hour and a half and it, it if it were a 10 minute film it would have been perfect but after that it was like all right well i've seen this four times already yeah, I've never understood trying to uh, make short stories into full-length feature films. I mean, sometimes it works, but it's tough. It uh, it did not work in this case. I um, Beyond that, uh, we'll get more into the movies later. Uh, since we've last talked, you had the pleasure of visiting Halloween Horror Nights. How was that? Um, well... I don't know if pleasure is the word I would use. Um, <laughs> there, there were moments that were pleasurable. I've had um, my moments. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I would say, you know, you spend, without uh, express passes, you spend probably 95% of your time in line. And so uh, the aspects that I enjoyed were the houses themselves, but I only got to see two. And I was there yeah. not a long time, but probably, you know, three, three and a half hours. So I was kind of hoping for a little more than, than two houses. But yeah, the ones I saw were great. Awesome. Um, I saw the Stranger Things house, which was incredible. And uh, uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which was also enjoyable. Uh, I did get to see all the scare zones. So, um, how was, uh, how was Rob Zombie's scare zone? I I wasn't sure how that would translate into a scare zone. It was actually probably my favorite one. Uh, it was not a traditional scare zone, um, which was kind of nice because honestly, I mean, yeah, the theming's different, but scare zones end up being pretty much the same after a while. Yeah. Um, and the Rob Zombie one was really nice because you could, it was like basically 
jumping inside his brain. <laughs> That's <And> scary. <laughs> well, yeah, which is kind of nice. <laughs> but I don't know. It had probably more of a sci-fi, like, kind of monster bent to it. Um, it wasn't supposed to be so much in terms of jump scares. Uh, it was a lot more just, like, really weird characters walking by. Um, some odd, like, little robots and stuff. And okay. it had kind of the... Like, I guess, I don't know, like, almost like sideshow, maybe even like burlesque kind of feel to it, you know, how... You Which know, makes sense. He he loves his women, and he had uh, some there uh, up on <laughs> stilts and all sorts of things. It was just very theatrical and um, definitely the most creative one there. Well, that's cool. Uh, you were you're talking about the women. Uh, what did you think of the uh, Vanity Ball? Is that what it's called? I saw some pictures from that one. Um, you know, I honestly is probably the least memorable one. Uh, and I can't think of the name of it right now either. Um, if that's not what it is, um, I don't know. I, I, it was a weird looking scare zone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were, I mean, we did kind of go through them pretty quickly. Um, kind of a combination of knowing we didn't have much time to work with we were pretty much just trying to get to uh different houses yeah um, and then um the fact that that dawn is you know probably about a, a half bethany when it comes to, uh, <laughs> you know she's she gets fearful with that stuff um but you know she she was a trooper she did at least go through um the the houses and the scare zones that well, I that's did. awesome i uh so far i've completely failed and haven't made it to anything i might make it to the haunt this weekend but i'm not certain um i do know someone who went but unfortunately they focused too heavily on the rides and only made it into two houses they went to Kilmart, said they enjoyed it and unfortunately the other house they went to was filled of screams and we all know that's the worst thing ever created field of wait two hours in line <sighs> and that was that they were they said they got in line for the same reason we did because it looks like it's not a long line until you see the rest of it <laughs> yeah well at least you know i mean you know, they didn't have to go through having uh you know, a, a bogus wait time, basically. That's what this got is me true. on Stranger Things. Uh, it said that it was a 50-minute wait, and it ended up being 90. Yeah, I, re I remember you were texting me through, and I thought, man, that's way over 50. Oh, it was ridiculous. I mean, the line, and it was kind of the same way. It did wind around, and as soon as you thought you'd get near the end of it, basically you wind around an area kind of like you do for a lot of them where there's a fence and you kind of go around the fence line and then um the us house was right next to it so it was a little deceiving okay. trying to figure out when you would be by stranger things and when you were you know what the line for for us was so and if that's the case then stranger things was not the house in the middle Right? No, um, and I'm not sure what that one would have been. Maybe Killer Clowns. That's but what Stranger I wondered. Things was kind of in the corner. It was like if you walk in the the entrance and head straight back. Um, oh, it's in the um, back left by Jimmy Fall in Jimmy Fallon's queue. Yeah, yeah, it's like past that, like in okay. the very corner of the property, and then us is in like the building right next to it. Which is that's last year where I believe Poltergeist. 
and the Carnival Rustin pieces or whatever it was called. Uh, that's Those were the two there last year. And Poltergeist, I made the mistake last year of going in Poltergeist first. Oh, yeah. And it was just so good, nothing nothing compared to it at all. Yeah, it's very Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> houses. It's or so Prince, fun. if you prefer. <laughs> it was all the purple rain. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> By the way, you were correct. Vanity Ball is the name of that, okay. uh, that particular scare zone. It was definitely the least memorable of the bunch. Um, I would say probably um, the Anarcade one. Uh, was pretty cool um, just because it was uh, something a little different. Yeah. Uh, and then Vikings Undead was one that was kind of like the Rob Zombie one where it was just something very different. It wasn't so much true horror. It wasn't as scary. Um, yeah. It, but, like, there were these, like, the Vikings in it were huge. A lot of them were on stilts <laughs> and had all sorts of armor and stuff. And it was intimidating, but not in the way that you are, you know, scared by more traditional horror stuff. So that one was fun too. You know, what's funny is there's a, there's another podcast that I listen to that talks a lot about horror nights. And, uh, one of the hosts thought it actually has said in the past that a Vikings scare zone needed to happen. So he was like, Hey, they took my idea. <laughs> God's wish. It's really nicely done. I kind of thought it would be sort of underwhelming. I was like, eh, Vikings, okay. And then, you know, you see these, like, big hulking Vikings, and they don't even, like, try to jump out and scare you. They just, like, you know, basically try to, like, bump you out of the way as they you know, okay. trudge past. And I don't know. It's fun. But, yeah, I, uh, I, I'm pretty sad I didn't, I didn't get to make it this year, but uh, next year I assume will be a big year, so I'm definitely going to go next year because it'll be the 30th. That's right, yeah. So. I, pressure's on. They've yeah. Already got to try to top the, the previous ones. I mean, the year you and I went, uh, what was that, 2017? Yes. I mean, we saw some excellent houses that year i honestly until the other day kind of forgot about the saw house just because it was so freaking loud <laughs> but it was it was a well done house visually i think so yeah and i think all of them are i mean they really pay a lot of attention to detail and uh i would say that's no more true uh this year than the stranger things house and of course i don't have a lot to compare it to but, but yeah. i i thought about halfway through that I'd seen it all I already uh, was already at the end of it um, I guess because the it's not exactly true to the storyline in terms of the yeah. order that things happen and uh, then there was a lot more and just every bit of it was you know reminded you of another uh, another scene uh, from the show so that's nice. Fun. Well, that's awesome. I uh, hopefully I can uh, at least give my my thoughts on the haunt if I can make it to that. I um, I'm very hopeful to make it to that. I mean, I haven't used my gold pass this year. I paid for the thing and haven't been to that park one time. Oh, well, you might as well. And somebody's got to keep the tradition going anyway. No joke. Get to see more than than two houses, hopefully. <laughs> well, you know what? Walmart was a solid choice. So. Oh yeah, and. Uh, they uh she she said she liked it so i mean that's a positive she she did say that the same problem we had last year is the case this year where the scare actors are scarce 
No yes. pun intended. Scarce actors. <laughs> I, uh, the, she said that they were kind of hard to find, which makes me sad because I feel like the first year we went, they were everywhere. Yeah, I think it's really just the luck of the draw. You know, you get some that are on break or whatever. That's, yeah. Yeah, maybe it's best to, uh, you know, the ones that you're worried about that happening, maybe to go at the beginning before anybody's had a chance to take a break. That's true. I, um, because I would even say that about the houses themselves. I mean, I think you could go through a house twice and get a different a different feel both times based on where you are. Cause I know like, I feel like when we went through actually the saw house was a good example of the fact that I hit every reset on everything in that house. So I missed anything I could have seen. Yeah, that does happen a lot. And I even happened to me in my, my brief experience at horror nights. Um, That's frustrating. Yeah, it can be. Um, and, you know, that kind of brings up the fact that it would be nice to see these houses a couple times. And so I see why, you know, some people get uh, the deal with Horror Nights. I uh, forget what they call it. but The uh, Rush of Fear, I think, is what it is. Well, there's like a thing. Or frequent Fear, maybe? Yeah, yeah, Frequent yeah. Fear. That's the one where you can, can go uh, multiple nights. Um, because, I mean, for two reasons. One, it would be nice to experience these houses multiple times, uh, but just to see all of them once, again, unless you have express passes, you're pretty much looking at, and, and to be fair, you know, had I stayed there the whole night, I mean, they are open till like 2 a.m., I probably could have seen quite a few houses, um, but if you expect to get in and out and see the houses in just a few hours, there's <laughs> really not much of a, an opportunity to do that without an express pass. And then yeah. as we noticed two years ago, if you have the express passes, then you're done in two hours and then it's, you yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I wish there was a middle ground. I wish they would have something kind of like, um, you know, like fast passes at Disney world where you can, get to the front of the line for a select number of houses and that way everybody can experience a lot without having to drop you know more than the price of a regular ticket for an express pass yeah i i actually i like that idea that wouldn't be a bad idea and um i i do universal to do that because <laughs> yeah you know, they're making too much money this way this is true i i do know and you know we're a couple of years away from this the epic universe that's opening is going to have a area way back in the back and there's going to be a dark ride and i feel like they did say that it's not dracula's castle or something to that effect but it, it's going to be a Universal Monsters-esque dark ride, so that could actually be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah, I'd be all over that. That's uh, I, I wish that I'd gotten to see the Universal Monsters house, but I did get a pretty awesome Universal Monsters cup uh, as, yes. as part of the deal, so at least uh, there was that. That's Yes, that's exciting. Um, and, and with all that said, uh, the, the catch-up... Uh, we uh, we watched a movie, and I, I can't say much more about it than it was a movie. Um, 
<laughs> it was uh, it's called Basket Case. It was released in April of 1982 on a budget of $35,000 and you can tell it only had a budget of $35,000. Uh written and directed by a guy named Frank Hennenlotter who I researched a little. Apparently he grew up on exploita- exploitation cinema, so it makes sense that this is the kind of movie he would make because, I mean, that's all this movie was. Yes. I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, like, <laughs> it was one of... I, 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 it was one of the strangest things I've ever watched. Ever. <laughs> well, I've got to say that I'm a little surprised that there are three of them that were eventually made. <laughs> this is true. Because, uh, I mean, basically the entire plot is a stranger comes to town, gets a room in what's called a hotel, but I think it's an apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, and he has this basket with him that makes noises. <laughs> and uh, you're, you're not introduced to the thing in the basket for a while. Although I guess in the opening scene, you do get a glimpse of <laughs> what's in there. Uh, and that opening scene, man, I... That guy, the thing that stuck out to me in that opening scene is when he sees it, he says, oh, God, no. But he sounds like Michael Scott when he sees Toby. (laughs) (laughs) He looked a little bit like Toby. And my favorite was, like, he watched this thing, like, go through the trees, which, by the way, the the height ratio made no sense because it would hit top branches and then it would be really low. And then it would hit top branches. Like, what are you doing? It's like a monkey. <laughs> and, I mean, it did kind of look like when it, when it stuck its little hand up and grabbed its face. <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... I gotta say, along with the the constant screaming, anytime you saw it, <laughs> uh, it was pretty terrifying. I mean, it's one of those that like you can't take seriously, and yet if I woke up in the middle of the night and one of those scenes was on, uh, yeah, I'd lose my mind. Yes, because it's so weird. Uh, after after our little opening scene, we're I guess introduced to our character walking in. I guess it's supposed to be New York. Did they? I, I mean, they said that. I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if it was ever explicitly stated, but it very clearly is New York City. And, and and like I said, like I can't remember the name of that hotel. It was Hotel Something. And he goes in and he asks for a room, and the guy's like, "Yeah, it's twenty bucks a night." And then he looks really confused when he hands him money. So I thought that was weird. <laughs> But I think, didn't he like hand him like a, a huge stack? Oh of money yeah, that's right. Yeah, he hand him. Yeah, because he just had this huge wad of money. Then he goes in and he meets this Josephine lady, who's like the creepiest woman. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> like, yeah. I, Josephine's freaking weird too. And and then you get the sense that everyone lives here, and yeah. I'm really confused. <laughs> I, I, and and then like you get the sounds from the box at this point. You finally start hearing it. And it sounds like freaking animal from the Muppets, and that's all I could think about when it would start going. Rawr, rawr, rawr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would have been a lot less disturbed had it been animal. But... <laughs> and uh, I, I I enjoyed, especially in the hotel. If you watch. Whoever was carrying this camera around, I swear they they were they were just carrying it by their side and hoping they were filming something because half the time the camera was at floor level. 
and it was it was like a child was given the camera and they said just go well i mean you know that's how you get true uh you know, a more realistic approach to it I guess. this is true i and like the editing was so bad like sometimes they'd be mid-sentence and it would just cut the scene <laughs> <laughs> where are you going guys give kind of an alternate viewpoint i guess uh, it was so weird uh and honestly i don't feel like anything at all happens in the first 30 minutes i mean it's like okay we have a basket and eventually we see we see it peek its head out well you uh, like feed stuff to it right? <laughs> he like buys buy the some... hamburgers <laughs> And he's just dropping it into the basket, and you're just like, well, he's got something in there. But he's talking to it, too. And that's when I was like, well, you, you're talking, but he's not saying anything. Yeah, it's very unclear what's going on, and I, I guess that's the idea. Yeah, because even by the end of it, I don't really understand why, like, why, I don't know. I mean, eventually it's revealed that this uh, this thing is his conjoined twin. Yeah, and, no longer conjoined. And, and yeah, and I, like I don't know why it was just a blob, but they didn't take it off of him until he was twelve years old. <laughs> <laughs> like, why did they leave this little brown creature on him? Yeah, I'm not sure. I feel like they tried to explain that, but I can't. Also, like, could you explain why he was so crunchy? He sounded like chips when he moved around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was made out of some strange material or something. (laughs) I I like when he goes to, like, find this doctor that, uh, that... had something to do with all of this and the woman the, the receptionist was like yeah he's a million laughs <laughs> what and then like there's this weird novelty rubber store in the doctor's office hallway what was that yeah i'm not sure i i guess they're just trying to say hey new york is crazy or something but <laughs> Yes. So. And you know, in the eighties, I guess there was some some truth to that. But, <laughs> and the doctor's name too is Doctor Cutter, which was yes. kind of prophetic for uh, <laughs> how that ended up. But oh, uh, I only yeah. like vaguely even remember his death. Is that bad? Like I remember it happening. But. No, that's that's reasonable. I it it was so disorienting that. You kind of like certain details sort of get lost. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's the one where the uh, he let the brother in the doctor's office and he just like attacked him. But the thing is, he wasn't really attacking him. He was just like lunging forward, and then there would be blood. But he didn't necessarily seem that uncomfortable until he was dead. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, they're cool. <laughs> Yeah, something interesting I found out you're talking about just how strange the the brother was and the the noises. Apparently, uh the actor uh Kevin Van Hintenrick who yes. played Dwayne the main character, yeah. he uh, he voiced his brother as well. Oh my uh, god. Of course he did. Belial. So, yeah, I, I guess that was <laughs> intentional i don't know i mean there was the whole scene where 
like it dealt with the dad's emotions on this. <laughs> oh yeah. And, uh, friggin' dad. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, not very supportive. <laughs> he, he wouldn't have let his son be on his podcast. <laughs> he was. He, oh, their family was weird. And then he had the creepy aunt who was like fostering all of, like the killings and all that. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. she helped them murder the parents. <laughs> Which you know, I mean, you gotta support your family. I guess. <laughs> I I gotta tell you, the first time we saw the full brother in that hotel room, and he was like knocking things over and screaming, like I could not stop laughing. Like I was uncontrollably laughing at that scene. <laughs> that was the scene with the uh, the TV. Yes. Yeah. He just throws it. <laughs> Oh yeah. my gosh. I'll bet that he was... was fun in school. <laughs> I didn't get an A. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Yes, that scene was amazing. But my biggest questions about everything. First off, he was like talking about how he didn't want to see the city, but then took her out to see the city. And, and then he kisses her, but he doesn't just kiss her. Like, he envelops her face. <laughs> And it's the weirdest moment I've ever seen, and it's just awkward, and there are people all around them, and he's just like, I, it's not a kiss. I don't know what he's doing, but that's not a kiss. I think he took inspiration from his brother. <laughs> that's uh, that's how his brother kisses him goodnight. No, he's eating people's faces off, so. <laughs> This is true. Oh my gosh. And close bond. <laughs> and I love it because, like, w- during that kiss is when all this is happening. When the when the brother first comes out, because he goes to that that O'Donovan guy <laughs> who I love uh, comes into the the apartment to see what's going on, and that's when he gets killed. And and that's when that the the person walks up and they said, "What did he say?" And you said, "You heard what they said. They killed O'Donovan." <laughs> like, what? <laughs> yeah, it definitely has some, uh, you know, some of the dialogue along with the, the storyline, just in case we couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and like, I don't know, like from there on, I mean, I just focused on the acting because it was so ridiculous that that's all I cared about. And there was one particular scene where I don't even remember who the actor was now stepped on a nail, and they were like, "Owie." <laughs> Yeah, that's usually my reaction. (laughs) And, and, I mean, we've we've basically got only a few characters left at that point because they've killed the two doctors. So, of course, he goes to that really, really weird office where the main doctor that did the surgery works. And I'm 90% sure the receptionist and the nurse at the door are the same person. Oh. Like, did you notice that? Not off top, but... Maybe. Like, I swear, they were 100% the same person. I was just looking at them like, what? Like, what is going on? <laughs> and, and, and then, of course, they go in the room, and, like, that, of course, was the uh, the cutting. <laughs> yes, the cutting of, of Cutter, Dr. Cutter. <laughs> that's, uh, Dr. Needleman. <laughs> you know, that's, that's I didn't really think, yeah, I forgot his name was Needleman. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't think about, I mean, Dr. Cutter, that, that, that they had to have done that on purpose, right? I mean, I would hope so. 
like I don't feel like that's unintentional. I, I mean, once once we do that, like we go into what might be not just the weirdest scene of this movie, but one of the weirdest scenes I've ever watched, <laughs> where the brother becomes a naked version of the human brother. And he's just like full frontal running down the streets. And I was just like, I don't I don't know why we're watching this. And and then he runs to that girl's room and oh, it's so weird because then he turns back into the brother and oh my lord. Like I just there was so much happening. <laughs> yeah, I think they realized uh you know, hey, we need an ending. <laughs> They got there by any means necessary. And they did. <laughs> I, I am curious, though. I kind of want to go watch the others because, of course, the end of this was like the whole deal where they were hanging out the window and the little pile of crap or whatever his brother is was <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what he looks like. <laughs> or, or he's like a muffin that didn't quite rise in the oven. I don't know. He looks like a squid billy. <laughs> That's exactly what he looks like. <laughs> That's where they got their inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> well, in case you're interested, I do have a brief synopsis of Basket Case 2 and Basket Case 3. Uh, yes, I'm uh, curious because they both died at the end, right? Uh, presumably, yeah. And I don't know if this is supposed to be a prequel. It doesn't actually say from what little I'm getting here. But it says, Dwayne and his basket-bound mutant brother are taken in by a secret home for wayward freaks with journalists hot on their tail. What? That's basket case two. So I, I don't know if that's, uh, like again, a, a prequel. Uh, basket case three is Dwayne recovers from his delusional breakdown to find his freakish basket-bound brother Belial will soon become a father. <laughs> But not what? everything is joyous as the once tight-knit <laughs> brothers no longer seem to trust each other. But they're dead, first off. Second off, how? <laughs> so uh, is the delusion like the brother in the first place or just what happened to them? I, I kind of want to find out. I'll be honest. I mean, really? Like, that does lead you to wonder if the if the little mutant brother ever really existed or something like that, like is, is he like some psycho killer who like becomes a little blob in his American psycho phase? I mean, you know, <laughs> stranger things have happened. <laughs> hey, there's that stranger things again. Yeah, I've heard of that show. <laughs> I, um, I, I'm not going to lie. I enjoyed watching this movie. Because it was so bad. (laughs) Well, and some of the lines were, I mean, I think it was intentionally comedic because some of it was so funny that like, (laughs) like the scene in the, the bar or whatever, um, when he's like super drunk uh, with the woman and he's, she asks him what's in, he he brings the basket into the bar with him for one thing. He's like, it's my brother. <laughs> and they're laughing pretty hysterically. And what is it that she says? She's like... That was the I want to see the baby moment, wasn't it? Yeah, because there was something about... She asks um, what's wrong with him. 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what he's like. He's a freak. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Casey is the the character, the woman's name. Yeah, here it is. Yeah. She says, "What is he a midget?" And <laughs> yeah. He says, "No, we're twins, Siamese twins." She says, "That's funny. You don't look." And then they both say, "Oriental." <laughs> I forgot all about that. And then the best part, she says, so what happened? Somebody shrink him? And he says, no, he's deformed. A freak. He looks like a squashed octopus. Yes. So maybe the oh. squidbilly thing wasn't too far off. I'm so glad you brought that up. I forgot about that whole scene because that's just, like, uncomfortably weird. Because he's laughing and, like, crying and, like, upset. He's laughing hysterically, and she finally like she you know, kind of laughing freaks along out. with him because she's so drunk. And eventually, like after his big explanation about the whole story, she's like sobers up really fast. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because that's uh, that's the I forgot because that's when she goes, I want to see the baby. <laughs> she's trying to like open the basket. And he like because he ends up going to her apartment. The the yeah. deformed octopus does. <laughs> yes, <he> does. <laughs> yeah, and, and like just what he like tries to like snuggle up to her in bed or something, and she wakes up. And... Yes, because he was like he was touching her very um, sensually. <laughs> yeah, you know he just wanted some companionship. Huh? <laughs> Oh man, I'm I'm so glad you remembered that. I uh, should have hit up Josephine, you know. She <laughs> jo- would have been into it. Josephine's so freaking weird. She's just like ah. <laughs> She's just like such a random introduction. She's like, oh, hey, by the way, let's have an entire conversation with somebody I just passed in the stairway. <laughs> and it's just normal. Like, and she's telling him really intimate things about everyone. <laughs> like, why, why are you doing this? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She gives like a whole big like history of everybody yeah. who lives in the hotel slash apartment. Which that's why I started to question, like, is this a hotel? Like, I don't think it is. Well, I read into it, and apparently the place doesn't actually exist. Uh, they used um, just the sign uh, on the outside of the building, and then most of the interior shots were actually in, like, regular houses. I, I do remember one line, uh, and I believe it may have been that same scene when she said, what's in the basket, Easter eggs? <laughs> <laughs> like you said, apparently it's you know crunchy, so... Gotta... <laughs> he seriously, did you did you notice that? Like when he would move around, it would go... <laughs> Why are you making these noises? Yeah, the whole thing was pretty disturbing. You know, the sounds of him eating before he was ever revealed. Oh, I'm looking through lines here. I completely forgot. The guy who works, I guess he's the manager at the front desk of the hotel. He did the, this isn't a hotel, it's a nut house. Yes. <laughs> completely original line there. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. what? A, I guess I should have said something about spoilers to start this. But, I mean, seriously... If somebody's watching this movie, I don't know if they're caring about spoilers. No, I, I mean, yeah, the ending really isn't that. It, it isn't why you want to watch this movie. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's it's just an experience. Uh, yes, that's that's actually a very good way to put it. It's it's an experience if it's anything. I uh, 
I'm happy. I'm happy we watched it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. No. No regrets. It's, you know, it, it lets you know where special effects were on a thirty-five thousand dollar budget in nineteen eighty-two. You know, the worst part is like I tried. I researched every website I could to find the gross, not not the gross creature, but the gross of the movie, mm-hmm. and I could not find one anywhere. No one had a number as to how much that movie made. <laughs> Did it even get like a, a theatrical release? I, I think it did from what I saw, but it may not have. It may have just been like a midnight movie kind of a thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure how you know because again in 1982 you didn't really have a whole lot of options. Well, I don't know. I mean, I guess you did in bigger cities. There were tons of theaters and stuff, but now I feel like there are a lot more art houses and like. Yeah, smaller markets, and you can see this sort of thing in places like that more often. This is true. I um, as far as um, much much better production value and all of that, I have been watching American Horror Story 1984, and Murder House was always the best season of that to me. The other seasons were anywhere between okay to just unwatchable. <laughs> I I would say that this is the best season of this show I've watched because they're nailing that 80s campy just slasher horror and wow. I'm very happy about it. That's awesome. That's you know, most shows don't really have that much gas that they're running on 9 seasons oh, yeah. to all of a sudden be the best they've ever been. Because, I mean, like, the first episode alone made references to Texas Chainsaw, of course, Friday the 13th, because the entire season is set in a camp. Uh, And uh, Halloween was heavily referenced at one point. So I I was happy to see that. Yeah, I think that makes it more enjoyable. And, you know, I mean, I guess with an anthology series like this, you know, you get a new crack at it every year, and... You know, sometimes it's just really going to work out. So, uh, I, I'm that. hoping uh, Freak Show did really well for about four episodes, and then I think it fell off at the end because it became like a weird soap opera, and I don't know why. Yeah, but I'm I'm hoping this one doesn't do that. And the reason I say that is last week's episode had so many twists that it got annoying. So I hope that's just one episode and we can move on. It's what about halfway through right now? Yeah, I think because I think there's usually around eight to ten episodes. Because um, we actually the year we went to Horror Nights, uh, we went through the American Horror Story house, and I would I would say that the scariest part of that house was probably season four with Twisty the Clown and all of that. Yeah, because it was supposed to be a mix of like several seasons, right? Yeah, it was uh, season one did not start the house. Uh, what's the uh, coven started the house season three? Because uh, they had that lady who was like very well done at the at the front where it looked like she was a statue and she would like swoop down at you as you walked by her. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a very well done effect. Your ability to remember these details is coming in handy because <laughs> a lot of it I was like, yeah, remember when the one scary thing jumped out? And, <laughs> you know, that could be any of them. But. I, uh, I believe from there you walked into season two because you went into like the the 
commons room of the asylum where that weird mirror effect with Santa happened where he like jumped out from behind the mirror even though it looked like he was right beside you. Yeah, this is a nice touch. Because uh, I don't think you went into season one until after that where you like the the bondage guy was on the bed. And Freak Show was... I feel like Freak Show was a big part of it because, like, the twins were in there and Twisty the Clown and all of them. And then, of course, Roanoke was the new season at the time. Wow, really? Yeah. (laughs) Man, that's crazy how fast that that happens. I I, I enjoyed that house, thinking back. That was a fun house. Yeah. No, I, I don't think there was a single bad one at Horror Nights. I mean, they really stepped their game up every every year that I can tell. I The only house that I could do without, and thank God they didn't bring it back this year, was the the Horrors of Blumhouse, just because I don't feel like it worked. I, I, the one we went through was okay, but man, last year it was bad. It was Happy Death Day, which is a movie I really like. And uh, The Purge, which was not good at all. Like, it did not translate to that house. I mean, I felt like I was just walking around to people's living rooms and they happened to have weapons. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it could really just be any normal day in Kentucky. Pretty much. Speaking of, it is freaking freezing in Kentucky right now. Oh, no. Well, I've got to have a reason to be happy to move, so I'll I'll take that. The feels like temperature when I walked out of work was forty three. <laughs> yeah, it was it was cold, and it was the when we went to Georgetown a week and a half ago, it was almost eighty. So <laughs> yeah, it's usually how it goes. It happens all at once. That's so annoying. I don't really uh, mind cold as much as I used to, but I'll still take. I mean, you know, the high here has still been, you know pretty far up in the 80s every day so i i guess florida's winter is technically january from what i gather so you might get like some some of our fall days (laughs) yeah like the lowest uh average high here is like 71 in january man that's crazy yeah I'll, i'll take that i don't mind um of course everybody's here at that point that is true the um the population of my county uh, goes up by like seventy five thousand in the winter. So. Ooh, yeah, that's uh, I, I'm sure you you um, especially because you're close to an amusement park. Uh, yeah, that's true. Um, I think yeah, the beach is probably the main draw here. Uh, we're we're right on the the Gulf Coast. So. No, that's true. You're very close. I didn't think about that. Oh yeah, yeah. We uh, can get. I don't know uh, that we at one point we were staying probably a five or ten minute drive from the beach when we were first like renting places to try to find a, a long term place to stay here. Uh, speaking of uh, uh, theme parks, you uh, recently made your I assume your first visit to SeaWorld. Yes, yeah, my my very first, um, and I was pleasantly surprised. Um, nice. You know, I, I know there's a lot of uh, criticism about it, um, both in terms of some of the controversy they faced and treatment of animals over the years, and also uh, just in terms of being kind of the lowest performing major park in Central Florida. Yeah. Um, but from what I understand, 
They got a new CEO in the past year, and they're really trying to turn things around. They've sh- they they shook a lot of things up because yeah, just recently, as you said, they like they got rid of a lot of staff. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, all I will say is that um, you know maybe that's evident in a way because if I had any criticism of it. Um, it wasn't the cleanest park I've ever been to. Oh, that's sad. Um, but like all in all, um, it was it was really fantastic. I mean, it gave you the feel of you know a top level uh, theme park just in nice. terms of the things that were offered, um, the different attractions, the theming was solid. Um, I mean, and it's a good sized park too. I we spent about eight hours there the day i was there and uh and don and emma went back the next day because they were you know there's so much they still wanted to do and i think there's still a lot we haven't done and uh and sea world also does a, a really great job of adding a lot of it behind the scenes options and uh and incentives for like tours and things like that and awesome. then uh, something I didn't know is exactly how many parks uh, are under the same ownership. And the yeah. fact that, that Bush Gardens is part of their um, portfolio, if you will. Uh, so, you know, all in all, the, the company really has a lot to offer uh, theme park fans. Oh, yeah. And uh, something that has happened since we last spoke uh, that would have affected me, but it, I, I didn't think it was ever going to happen is the uh, Six Flags Parks actually went to Cedar Fair and they said, we're going to give you all this stock and I think a little bit of cash if you let us take those parks over. And Cedar Fair was like, nah, we're good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's hard to tell if uh, companies merging or or buying each other out in the the world of theme parks uh, will be advantageous. Sometimes I think it's a very good move because it makes all the parks stronger. And then sometimes they go in and try to take away all the charm of the, you know, at least one side of the company. And that was my fear with if Six Flags did that to Kings Island in particular. I feel like I feel like there was no good to come out of that. And I know Cedar Point fans were like, no, you don't touch our park. Sure. Well, and I, I can't blame them. And I will say that the one park that I have actually visited that Six Flags did not own originally and then took over, uh, they didn't really help it a whole lot. <laughs> is, uh, is that the one here in this state? That it is. <laughs> they uh, they actually put it down the drain. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's that doesn't do anybody any good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't really blame uh, the the Cedar Fair people for. It's yeah. Plus, I, I mean, Cedar Fair does have a couple of the top parks in the country. I mean, Knott's Berry Farm is a Cedar Fair park. Why? Why do they need Six Flags? Yeah, I keep forgetting that. I mean, <laughs> a lot of their like smaller regional parks, like Kings Island, um, you know, do very well in their own their own right. And oh yeah, Kings Island's attendance is up every year. I mean, Cedar Point's obviously one of the best coaster destinations in the U.S. And sure. I mean, Canada's Wonderland is a Cedar Fair Park, and they just got a huge new coaster that looks like a lot of fun. Yeah, they're they're stepping their game up constantly, 
and I, I feel like that's a good sign when you can see new attractions being built on pretty much an annual basis and that's one thing that made me feel confident uh, about SeaWorld is that you know I saw that they're getting a new coaster next year and they started construction on that yes uh, it's the big purple one right yes um i can't think of the name of it uh, I, the the name escapes me but i it, i've seen pictures of it and it actually looks like a super cool coaster yeah um and and that's something that they're really uh seem to be known for um even though they don't have a ton of coasters the ones they have are really highly regarded so you know, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm I'm impressed with a lot uh, a lot of these new things. I mean, Kings Island's getting uh, Orion, and uh, I'm I'm curious to see how that is. I'm not sure if I'm going to renew my pass next year, just because. I mean, the fact that I paid a hundred bucks for something I've not even used yet is is not good. Um, well, I, I I mean, I am going going to go to Winterfest either way, so. Yeah, I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. Like, any winter, um, you know, events, outdoor events, uh, up that far north. Uh, <laughs> one thing that got me thinking about it, I was kind of reading up on the history of SeaWorld a little bit, and I didn't realize that until the year 2000, there was a SeaWorld location in Cleveland. Yes. And I'm trying um, to figure out how that worked. It's, um, <clears throat> I mean, the weather, I think, is a, a large part of the collapse of that one. Uh, and actually, that, uh, that particular park was the um, lake, uh, I don't know how you say it, Geoga. I, I, that's, uh, that's all of that park's stuff, or a lot of that park's stuff went to uh, SeaWorld. Uh, became SeaWorld, basically. Um, and actually, they're closing down one of the iconic uh, amusement parks in this area. Uh, the little Coney Island amusement park in Cincinnati is officially done. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah people were pretty disappointed. I, I never actually got to see Coney Island from the inside. Um, and I never really got to see it when it was open because every time I was in that area was to go to Riverbend and it was at night and the uh, park yeah. was closed. Um, but, you know, I thought it was cool that it was, you know, kind of a smaller park that was still, yeah. still going. It looked pretty neat. And honestly, that's, uh, you know, the Coney Mall area of Kings Island. That's what that's themed after. Oh, okay, cool. Well, that makes sense. So, yeah, it's that was basically like, because the... The company that that built uh, Kings Island was like they were all part of the same group that owned Coney Island. So, <clears throat> I mean, Tap Broadcasting came in and put their money in, which is why all the Hanna Barbera stuff was there originally. But the the dudes who were owners of Coney Island were the people who partnered to build Kings Island. I see. Well, they uh, they knew what they were doing in that respect, anyway. That's yes, this is true. Um, well, uh, we I'm I'm not sure yet. Uh, we haven't even talked about what movie we'll watch this week. I'm not sure if it's going to be nearly as weird or bizarre or insane as Basket Case. I don't know that it can be. Unless it's one of the sequels, I don't see how. <laughs> so uh, we, we will discuss that uh, after this and, uh, and figure out which movie we will be discussing next time. But 
I uh, I don't really have anything else. Uh, you, if you don't have anything else to uh, interject here, I guess uh, we'll we'll call it a night. Yeah, I think I'll uh, spare the what listeners we have uh, any interjections. <laughs> um, one thing that I forgot to mention is I have got us active now on every platform. Uh, I've got us on YouTube. If you just go to YouTube and search on an unrelated note, you will find us there. Uh, we are on Spotify as on an unrelated note. We are on uh, iTunes under that name, and we are on Stitcher as well under that name. So any of those platforms, you just go search on an unrelated note, and you will see a picture of myself and Daniel with a microphone in front of us and a blue background. That's us. Yes, yeah, we uh, we were very lucky to... Uh to have that that artwork done and uh oh yes uh, and, and speaking of that i uh, i should plug uh the guy who did it is on youtube and his name is the cobra roll c-o-b-r-a-r-o-l-l and uh his twitter is i don't know exactly but it's his name on there is Cobra Roll Craig. He's he is awesome. Uh, they go to uh, theme parks in the UK and film. So uh, if uh, if you get a chance, go check his stuff out because it is very very fun. Yeah, shout out to Craig. So uh, yeah, we really appreciate it because he did a great job on that that uh, logo for us. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so yeah, you can find it uh, as Chris said on all those different. Uh, platforms what did, you, what did you say stitcher uh itunes uh, spotify uh, spotify youtube uh platform nine and three quarters <laughs> the, the, the downside with that one is you make a wrong move you just fall through you know it happens uh, platform feels um, got options <laughs> that's i've got nothing <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, this was this was fun as always, and um, assuming that we don't have the chaos that has been the last few weeks, we will see you next week. See you later, sir. All right, see you. Have a good one.